are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Knock him out, town. Whoa! This thing's killing me. Yeah, here we go. This thing is killing me. Welcome back. Hour number two getting underway right now as we speak. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team staying connected to you because of C Spire. Welcome in. We have a, a, a new audience a lot of times in hour two that joins us, especially on the radio, people jumping in at different times. So for some that were here at the end of hour one, a little bit of a repeat, but also this is brand new. There may be some details you missed or maybe some people listening that didn't catch it and didn't get to hear it. I'm getting some questions on the text line. Ken, thanks for your question on the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocerystoreshelves.com about these new balconies at Mississippi State's Davis Wade Stadium. Balcony box seats for football. It's the first of its kind anywhere. I think it's a thing of the future that everybody's going to be doing, okay? So with that, we're going to listen in to my conversation with Mike Ritchie. Mike is the Senior Associate Athletics Director at Mississippi State for the Bulldog Club, and he kind of answers some of my questions. It's a pretty short interview. I'll be right back, and then we'll get into some of the Q&A on that. But a pretty short interview, and listen to what he says about the reason they decided to do this, and then listen closely to the cost, the donation, the ticket cost, and how you would access premium seats like this. This is important for all of us because, again, I think over the next 5, 10 years, we're going to see a bunch of this replacing general seating in football stadiums. That's my thought. I'm not being told that. So here it is again, my conversation with Mike Ritchie of Mississippi State. What's the basic idea, like where this came from and, and why it's changing a little bit in the upper deck? How would you answer that? Well, I, I think a couple of things we're seeing around uh, the industry, not just here in Mississippi State, but around the industry, that the way that fans consume these games is changing. And, and we hear from a lot of folks this that what they value is an opportunity to be able to move around, to have mobility in the stadium, to not be tied down to a fixed seat. Uh, to be able to to have their own kind of space. And so when we looked at this initial concept from our design team, uh, LPK out of Meridian and, and Populous out of Kansas City, and, and we, we kind of saw that this hit the mark in all those areas. And then also it's it's an area of the stadium where we've got some inventory available. We don't uh, we're not really sold out up there, so we can we can have flexibility to do different things, and so it kind of it kind of seemed to fill all the needs for us all at the same time. Yeah, and so when you mention needs, fans, it's almost like our needs. And I say our, I'm looking at it from a fan perspective, are starting to change a little bit, you know, you, because games are so easy to view on television. Um, we're looking for ways to stand up and move around as opposed to always sitting. So it's like, not only. Are you, are you trying to meet ticket demands, but what the fans really want in terms of watching a game, that's changing every day too, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's changing a lot. And I, I heard a great analogy last week from uh, actually a chef of, of all people, and the context was different, but I think it applies here. You know, we all, we all love potato salad. And if I make my potato salad with Miracle Whip and you make yours with Hellman's, we're going to have two totally different potato salads. And they may both be great. And you may say, yours is terrible. And I may say, eh, I don't really like yours. But that's kind of the way uh, the entertainment industry is. You know, everybody wants to do it in just a little bit of a different way. And we, we have people who have had seats on the 50-yard line for 40 years. 
and would never move. But we have other people who are in other areas in the school board club where they have the terrace or in the South Loge where they have their own space who say, I would never leave here. I would never go back to one of those fixed seats. So everybody has their own way. And, and we've got to continue working with that mix to try to figure out how to hit all those marks and, and, and get as many people in the stadium as we can. Mike Ritchie uh, on your radio. I love the idea. I really do. I genuinely do because I can see it. It'd be something if I wasn't working the games, I'd absolutely want to have access to um, get a view from up high as opposed to field level, that kind of thing. So specifically this, um, this um, it's called the, the balconies, the balconies. And if someone walks up and says, Hey Mike, what are those? I hadn't seen renderings. Explain it to me. How do you answer that? What they are? You know, I, I think it's sort of a, a combination between a club space, a loge box and a suite. Uh, if you can kind of imagine that. So each one is it's there and they get a little bit bigger as you go up the stadium, uh, just because of the way the, the geometry works out. But if you can imagine having a sort of an outdoor skybox, then you have no fixed seats, uh, but you have the ability to, to service it on Fridays before, like we do in our clubs and, and suites. So you have an opportunity to bring in some of your personal items the night before. Um, it, it's, there, there are two, there are two, uh, storage boxes that we'll provide in there as well, but it's essentially, you can move those boxes around if you want to, and you can bring in your own chairs if you want to bring chairs or, or a fan if you want to bring in a fan. Um, you can bring in a refrigerator. There'll be electric up there. So if you want to bring in a refrigerator and have your own, uh, space to cool drinks and snacks and things, you can do that. So it's, 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 um, customizable, but I think it's, uh, it's an experience that'll be unique to each person who has one. But I, I, that's the way I kind of envision it as a combination of those three things all wrapped into one. Sure. And a little shade for an early game is never a bad thing, is it? Never a bad thing. And when we saw the concept, that was the first thing we said was, can you really get shade up there? Because we got to have shade uh, for those early games. That's important. And when we get past 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's all natural shade anyway. But as you know, uh, if we're playing between 11 and, and 2, it's it's going to be hot. Sure. And people want that shade. Sure. Talking with Mike Ritchie. And so uh, the cost um, for a, a Bulldog club donation but also ticket costs kind of walk me through what that is yeah so the bulldog club donation is twenty seven hundred dollars per box and then you you have to purchase a minimum of eight season tickets that area is an area where we discount our season tickets already anyway so the discounted price up there is 225 and so when you put it all together it's just under five thousand for the box and the season the season tickets to go with it uh they'll all be uh, they'll have a little different capacities based on the square footage. So if you need more than eight season tickets, you can buy more. Uh, if you want to buy your eight season tickets and then for a couple of games you need three or four or five extras, then you can buy those extra tickets per game. So a lot of flexibility built in there for, for each game and, and for each group and how they want to manage it. And, and lastly, um, in terms of what people who have those spaces will be allowed to bring in to sort of personalize it, whether it's, you know, a, a small refrigerator or a seat or a chair they like or a television, they will communicate that with you and with the, the folks here at State and get it approved. Mm -hmm. No grills, no fires, but yeah. basic stuff to watch the game. Yeah, no, yeah, no, uh, cooking devices or appliances, things like that, but, that, but, but we will, and we do have a, a list of uh, prohibited items that we'll put on our website and, um, Anything that you want to bring, we just ask that you kind of let us know and let us take a look at it just to make sure it's appropriate for that area. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think our, our thought is it, it's, it's kind of your space. Now we're not, we don't want people to, 
you know, hang signs and drill holes and that, that kind of thing. But uh, anything, you know, like you mentioned, seating, uh, a refrigerator, um, you know, a, 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 a residential type fan, something like that. I think all those things will, will be great and will enhance the experience for everybody. Very, very cool. Mike, thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. All right. So um, there's that conversation. In case you missed it, wanted you to get a chance to hear that. And that uh, video interview along with those images and the renderings that Mississippi State has put out, and also some pictures and video that I took, I was on campus yesterday, of what they were doing. Now, as of yesterday afternoon, they um, you, could, you could go and you could see. They're doing all kinds of stuff at the stadium, frankly. They're putting up new video panels on the video board, so there's cranes on one end of the stadium and stuff everywhere, and they're pressure washing. There's people working. But there were cranes coming in, and you could see up on the west upper deck on the ends where they're building these things in, they had already removed all the, the bleacher seating that was up there in those areas. Uh, you could see um, like a lot of the engineering equipment. There were two construction guys or engineers or architects. I don't know. They were so far off, but they were up there walking around looking at plans. You could see them, and I got video of that and had some pictures. They were working on it because, as I understand it, today, June the 22nd, is the day that the big crane comes in on the west side and starts bringing in some of some of the structure is prefab elsewhere where they drop it in with a crane and then it's built in the rest of the way concrete metal up there on both ends and all that's going on today. So uh, I'll put that video out coming up a little bit later after the show is over. Now I had a question on the country pleasing text line. Country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Country pleasing. Ken said, what's the square footage for each of those boxes in that upper deck? And again, you're talking about it's an open area. You bring in your seats, a fridge, a fan, whatever you want. Just don't drill holes in it. You can't put your grill up there, but whatever else. you know. And, and so it's going to accommodate. Each one is going to accommodate a certain number of people based on where it is. Now, if you're listening on the radio, you can't see the picture just you have to kind of picture this in your head. The the first few rows of these boxes are they are not as wide as some of the last few rows. Like they get wider as they go up the stadium, if that makes any sense. And so different ones can accommodate different numbers of people. Right? You see what I'm saying? Each of them has like a shade thing that's there to give you some shade if you if that's your box and you want to sit under and put your tv under the shade as you watch tv and watch the game you know you turn around look at the tv turn around look at the game that kind of thing so he was asking about square footage i don't know the actual square footage but this is the information they put out about it regarding size the balconies vary in size meaning there is disparity in the number of ticket holders allowed in each spot Okay, depending on which ones you reserve. Now, he gave us the minimum to reserve one of the boxes. The minimum is $2,700 Bulldog Club donation and purchase a minimum of eight season tickets at that reduced cost, which is what they cost up there, $225 apiece. So that minimum of $4,500. But you can buy more, and here's why. There are 10 all in all, either on one end or the other, there are 10 total balcony boxes that will accommodate 15 people each. Then of the other 12 spots up there, there are two each that will allow 10 people, 
12 people, 18 people, 20, 22, and 25. You see what I'm saying? So like, you know, like there's two spots, and I guess that would be the the back rows, one on either side, the two spots that would accommodate 25 people each. There are two more that will accommodate 20 each, 18, 12, 10. But there are 10 that that, that size accommodates, it says, fifty up to 15 people in each of those. So they do vary, you know, in some sizes. And there is, it seems to be a lot of questions about what you can and can't bring. So you heard Mike uh, Ritchie say, no cooking devices. Okay, because... I was fixing to ask a question when I was interviewing him yesterday because I had heard them say, you know, obviously you're not going to put a grill up there because, you know, you don't fire and fire. You know, you don't want some accident or somebody using a charcoal grill and it goes falling out of the grill and rolling down the aisle and hits the usher on the foot. You know, you don't want to, you don't want that. But I thought, well, wait a minute now. There's electricity up there. Could I put a table and like have a, a burner or a, George Foreman grill, <laughs> a little sandwich press, toaster. Hey, you know, I just wondered. But he said no cooking devices, and that makes total sense, obviously. Um, and, but the other thing is, too, each of these, if you are the one who has reserved that box, you will communicate with them about what you can and can't bring in and what you are and aren't going to bring in. And you heard him say you go in there on Friday nights and set it all up before the ball game, which is pretty cool. I think. I think it's pretty cool. And again, I, I just, nobody has to tell me this. I just believe with everything that's in me, this is just the tip of the iceberg at state and at every other SEC school and at every other major school. We're about to see an era of college football stadiums where the bleachers are coming out. They're coming out. And where you sit will be comfortable, and it'll cost more, or else you just won't go. I mean, capacities will go down. Lots and lots of stadiums out there that seat 65,000 people in five and ten years, they're going to seat 50 max, and that's going to be just about right. There are lots of 50,000-seat stadiums that are going to seat 35 because the, the, the bleachers will go out. These premium-type areas will go in. It's just where we're headed. And it you makes, know the way the way that looks, man. It looks like they, they could actually add on later too, since it's all modular. Right, it's all modular. And that see, whole upper deck could end up being this kind of seating. See, and I had a question too about it, Bill. I was like, "Well, it, it's obviously a good idea. Why not just do the whole thing?" <laughs> well, yeah, and I think they want to test it. <laughs> I think that's right. It makes sense, right? I mean, you yeah. want to. If you're interested, then we can add more. But I really believe they're going to sell them out. Um, I heard through the grapevine that as soon as word about what they actually were started to filter through, like staff member, they're gonna they may they may have enough demand of just staff members. I I don't yeah. know if it's first come first serve. Uh, I had a comment. I would, think, I, would, I would think corporations would be interested in something like that too, like they're all about the sweet. Oh man! Yeah. Hey, listen, Bill. I seriously right now. I'm thinking about picking up the phone and calling Jake yeah. and saying, hey, Jake, let's split it. Let's split the donation and the ticket. We'll split the whole cost, and then, you know, we can. On the back wall, put up the logo of the station, you know. Yeah, as long as we don't 
as long as you don't hang it like a sign. Or get it approved, yeah, and yeah, we don't drill a hole in the wall. Make it permanent, you know, make it a, like a permanent sign there. Yeah, and then we could do some giveaways and yeah. and and be up there for the ball game, you know. But anyway, I mean, it's just an idea. Okay. Um, and it should be ready by this season. Oh, yeah, it's going to be this season. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. to reiterate for those, when I say this season, if y'all will follow me on Twitter, Facebook, I'm going to put a video out in maybe another hour or so where not only will you see the renderings that State released, I was there yesterday, and I actually got some pictures and video of what they're doing right now as of yesterday after you can see what it looks like. Um, so you may want to check that out. It really does look cool. I watched it, watched it on Facebook, and, yeah, those renderings, it, it really does look like something mm -hmm. very unique. It's going to be nice. Well, and, and what I think is this is what, you know, not everybody can afford a luxury suite on the east side. Or, you know, a, a pass to another part. And not everybody can afford seats on the 50-yard line, you know, 10 rows up. Um, and, and not just everybody is going to afford this. For a lot of people, it's just, you know, you're affording the, the gas it takes to get there and the tickets to get in, and it may not be for all the home games. But it's another option. And you're, you're outdoors. You're on the west side which is going to be shaded as the day goes on anyway. The west is the west side is always more shaded than the east side of the stadium. But if you're there for an early game and that's where you have access to, you got shade built into your box. You know, and you can kind of control and you get hot, you go stand in front of the fan over here, you know, and reach down in your refrigerator and pull out that ice thing and throw it around your neck, you know. <laughs> Man, if it's, if it's cold, bring a heater. If it's cold, bring a heater. You know, you sit down in a nice, comfortable a chair that you put up there and cover up yeah. for that cold game, you know. So I just yeah, I like your idea a, about the station getting involved. We could give away actually seats to come sit there with. Yeah, us, hey, you know? come join us. Yeah, you okay. know, and uh, it, it's you're right. Um, I just I really think that as many of these as they built, they would sell them. Okay, um, unnamed texture said if the twenty two balconies sell out, that's at least ninety at least ninety nine thousand dollars in revenue. Ninety nine thousand. That's a lot. It says MSU would have to sell 440 season tickets in those old bleacher sections to match that. He says, I think this is a good idea. And you're exactly right to whoever you are that sent that, because here's the thing. They weren't selling out those season tickets anyway. The last several years, even when you had big crowds in the stadium, if you had a smattering of empty seats, it was in those corners of the upper deck, which made sense, right? And like I said a while ago, you know, if we look up this year and at the end of the year, Will Rogers is leading the Heisman race, well, it'll be a little different. Maybe you get 60-something thousand in there. But for state and for a lot of places, the days of 65,000 people in stadiums every Saturday are over. Um, as we know it, in the old days of – Hey, I buy a ticket, I go sit in seat 25, and I got a stranger on this elbow, and I got another stranger on this elbow, and we just cram in there for four hours. I, people just Those kinds of things are going away a little bit, and this is part of the move towards that. It's a really smart thing. They're like, look, we're not going to sell out those season tickets up in those corners anyway. Let's do something special with it, something cool with it. I just think it's a really good idea. 
Brian texts the show. He says, sounds like you just can't. It sounds like you can just move your tailgate into the stadium, which is pretty awesome. That's kind of what I thought, too. Outside of your actual grill is moving it in there. You know, you can just hang out. Cook the food, bring it with you. Right. Uh, Bentonio Bulldog says, sounds like the left field lounge without the grills. Uh, Res Dog says, can't wait for the condos that will replace the M Club in the south end zone. That's going to be awesome. Well, here's the thing about that, Res Dog. Okay, so you say condos. Okay, if I were looking at it, we're gonna we'd be seeing how this goes. These these open air boxes that are sort of customizable and you can personalize them depending on who buys them. I'd be seeing how it goes this year and all the things that go along with it. And then based on that, the next two things I'd be looking at are okay, how do we do the entire upper deck that way? I want all the bleachers out of there. I want the whole upper deck to be this on both sides. How do we do that? And then if we're going to do something at South End Zone, maybe there's a big grand plan for some structure, like you said, a condo. But any seating in the South End Zone when they build that facing the stadium, facing the field, is this. It's this right here. It's not a bleacher. It's not a general seat. It may not even be a chair back. It's this stuff. This right here is... I mean, here's what I'm saying. Tell me any football program, any athletic department, looking into the future at stadium additions, under no circumstances should anybody be looking at regular-type seating in terms of additions. They shouldn't. It should be this kind of thing. Hands down, no question. How it looks and how much it is, that's important. But I'm just telling you, state gets to the point in the next couple of years they build something in that south end zone you watch it'll be this kind of thing right here and frankly it should be more of your texts more of your comments lots of people weighing in on the live stream facebook youtube got some texts coming in also we'll continue and we'll hit the countdown of 90 teams coming up i'm matt stick around Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Hey, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Y'all text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 601 number 885-ESPN. 885-3776. Norman texted the show and he said, you're right, Matt, about attendance, but your average Joes like me will not be going unless it's a free ticket to those locations. <laughs> Signed, Coffee Norman. So we need we need a friend, Norman, who's got tickets and willing to give them away. Is that what we need? <laughs> now, I got a text here that says, Coterie Construction is thrilled to be selected to build the new balconies. And so... I'm reading that. I haven't confirmed it, but I just believe you. And tip of the cap. Really cool. Coterie Construction. Res Dog says, he says, what could be any more personal than a condo and balcony in the south end zone, but bring it closer to the field? Our stadium is way too far from the field. Arkansas Stadium is way better in that regard. 
Arkansas. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. Well, Fayetteville, it's really not that much different. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, it's a little closer, right? Like, so the the grandstands end maybe just a little closer to the back of the sideline there at Arkansas. And in the end zones, I think you're you're probably right. It's not much though. It's not it's not much. But you're right. There is some separation. Boy, and in that regard though, Res Dog, have you ever been to a game in Little Rock? I guess Arkansas still are they phasing those out? Seems like they still play a game or two in, in Little Rock every now and then. You know, they used to play two or three games there every year. Kind of like Alabama used to always play in Birmingham and State and Ole Miss used to always play in Jackson, but more recently, uh, Arkansas always played in uh, Little Rock. And that old stadium, War Memorial Stadium in downtown Little Rock, <laughs> there was no room on the sidelines. I mean, it's like, here's Coach, here's me on the bench. I could tap him on the shoulder, and here's some toothless guy right behind me singing Woo Pig. I mean, it's close, man. <laughs> There's no room in that place. It was intimate. It was actually a fun atmosphere because of that. Wasn't huge, but they were all around you and just right on top of you. The the old way that stadiums were built. Interesting point. Tommy Anaheim says, Matt, are you going to go back to the three-hour show for football season? He says the two to three hours extra stale with Paul's show. No, I don't have intentions to go back to, to three. I think two's just right. Just right. Get it on the podcast. Tommy, <laughs> watch the replay. <laughs> I know it's not the same. I know it's not the same. Uh, Chuck commented on YouTube, and he said, I've lost a lot of my enthusiasm going to games. From 95 to 2018, I never missed more than one home game in a year, and he says in 19 and 21 that he missed half or more. It didn't come at all in 2020 because of COVID. And Yeah, I mean, you know, I think over the years, the reality is, Every fan base has had fans that would kind of, you know, you hit your high point and then you cycle off and cycle out and somebody else has to cycle in. You're, these universities, they're running an entertainment business. They always have to replace a certain amount of fans, you know. It's just kind of the way it is. It's no knock against you. I would say, Chuck, man, if you were that dedicated from 95 to 2018, I tip my cap to you. I tip my cap to you. Appreciate the support. And regarding attendance, this is true for any school. It will ebb and flow according to how good you are. Aaron said win and win consistently, and they will come. He says State's got to get back to winning uh, eight to nine games. Now, more bully, I don't know if you're serious about that, but he sent us a bunch of hashtags when he said, Brooks and I will take that two to three hour. Hashtag ratings, hashtag maybe, hashtag probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that almost sounds like uh, our good friend. <laughs> it almost sounds like our good friend uh, Chris Brooks, how he would used to talk himself out of stuff on the air. Like nobody would ever have to even say anything if you were just if you were silent. Chris would say, "You know, so and so's this year going to be pretty good, don't you think?" And then you'd wait, and he'd go, "Maybe, maybe you don't." You? And then you'd wait a little longer, and he'd go, "Ah, probably not." <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we just wait, and he'll talk himself out of it. 
So that's what you just did, more bully, uh, right there. Well, back over to baseball for just a minute. Okay, it's a big day at the College World Series in Omaha. And you got two teams squarely in the driver's seat on either side of the bracket. Oklahoma sitting there 2-0. and All they need is one win. They're in the finals. Ole Miss 2-0. and All they need is one win. They are in the finals. Well, Oklahoma is taking on Texas A&M today as we speak. A&M needs a win to continue to keep this thing alive. And in the bottom of the first inning, Oklahoma has exploded for three runs. And now Texas A&M is batting in the top of the second, down 3 nothing. How did it all happen? It was a three-run home run. That's what happened. <laughs> a three-run home run in the bottom of the first for Oklahoma. And, man, are the Sooners playing good baseball. So they got a ground out. Then there was a walk and a single. That put two on. You got a line drive out to center field. So with two outs, Crooks came up there and a two-out, three-run home run to right field made it three-zip. And so Oklahoma's off to a good start. In the top of the second here, A&M's got a runner on base, but there's two outs, and so Oklahoma is almost out of it. That game just started a little bit ago, so if you're listening live, you're, you're getting a live update. If you're listening via replay in another market, then you can go see the results. But then tonight you're going to have Ole Miss and Arkansas. Um, it'll be an elimination game for Arkansas, win or go home. If Ole Miss, you win and you're in the finals. If Ole Miss loses, they'll have to face Arkansas again tomorrow to decide who goes to the finals. So Arkansas has got to win two here on Wednesday and Thursday just to get into the finals and get to Saturday. Ole Miss just has to win one. So that's kind of where we are at the moment. Hey, Bill. Yes, sir. I want to pass something along to you. Listen to this. Here's a historical nugget. I saw this a minute ago. June the 22nd. On this day in 1956. Now, Bill, I know you weren't around then. Neither well, was what I. year was that again? 1856? 1956. Oh, it was, 1950. It was, yeah, 19. I, was, I, was, I was a munchkin. <laughs> okay, you were here. But listen to this. Elvis Presley on this day in 1956. Oh. Thank you. Thank you very much. Started a three-day run playing 10 shows at the Paramount Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so I didn't know that the Paramount Theater in Atlanta, Georgia was a big thing. But apparently it was back in 56. But here's the other thing I was going to tell you. So the note was, the stage manager at the Paramount Theater was told... Pull all of the white lights. Presley only works in color, in color lights. Presley's act has no encore. When he leaves the stage, immediately close the curtains. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So, I mean, and he had this was young Elvis, but he was so popular that uh, before the shows, they'd tell the stage manager, look, man, when he walks mm-hmm. off, you close the curtains because he's not coming back out there. And they're going to be cheering and wanting him to come back out, but close the curtains. 
And oh, by the way, only color lights. <laughs> None of the white lights. It sounds like later on, you know how they used to ask for like M&Ms, but no brown ones. Yeah, right. In the, in the writers. <laughs> you know? yeah, right. I just want to make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Right, just to make sure you read all the fine. So he print. was the original writer guy. Yeah. If we gave a show to more bully, I wonder if what his celebrity demands would be. I don't know. Let's mm -hmm. ask him. Uh, more yeah. bully on line one of the Divinity phone. Hey, more bully. What's up? Were you serious? What's going on, Matt? Hey, man. Uh, so I want to give people some advice. Okay. Mm hmm. If if you are ever having a bad day, you're down in the dumps, and you got Chris Brooks' number, call him. <laughs> man, I was on the phone with him for 25 minutes yesterday. And my gut was hurting when I got off the phone with him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. me and him can go like crazy, man. Uh, we just, I guess we just enjoy each other, but. One of uh, one of Chris's best attributes is that he will laugh at your jokes. And he'll laugh at himself. That's right. That's right. He'll laugh at yeah. himself. Did hey, you, man, I didn't catch the first, go ahead. I was going to say, did you hear him? He was on my show yesterday and he admitted that when he was a teenager, he bought some of those big platform jumping shoes that supposedly strengthen your calves. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. My friend had some. Yeah. He admitted that he bought some. He played in them all summer. He said it didn't help his vertical at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see it. Hey, uh, I didn't hear your first. No, remember, I was, I was traveling to the Birmingham, but the job. They got some good programming on there, man. Yes, they do. Uh, it's a good, good group of guys. Did you touch on uh, any of the PGA news that broke yesterday? Not a bit. Are, are you going to? No. Mm -mm. Okay. I was just wondering. I mean, it seemed very interesting <laughs> at their Well, it is. I, to, to it is. List. I just don't know anything about it. Yeah, We'll save that for you. I got you. For when you and Brooks get your show, y'all can <laughs> lead with yeah, that. Yeah, when me and Brooks get a show, you know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Same thing his show was about. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> It'll be the Seinfeld of sports right. shows. Appreciate you. <laughs> Y'all stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Yeah, I agree with you, Real C. I like it. My man's got ideas. Real C on the Country Pleasing text line says, an outdoors and cooking show would be great. Let's just make this an outdoors and cooking show. How much, You got time to come and be my co-host, Real C? We'll just do it. I'm only halfway kidding. I mean, like, I'm not sure I'm really all the way kidding. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. The problem, Real C, is see, like, right now I've got my cake and need it, too. I, I know sports. I'm kind of a sports expert. <laughs> you know? So, I can, you know, do the show and talk football and baseball and, you know, try to entertain people and get you to and from your one destination to the to the other on a daily basis. I can try to do that. And and I can also do other things. Man, I don't know anything about cooking other than heat. I mean, 
light the fire and throw it on there. That's all I really know. See, so I would go from real quick from being the talking every day about something I know to then talking every day about something I don't know. And I know eating. I know how to eat. I know a lot about eating. I can give you like great tips on how to eat. But how to prepare it, I'm not real sure about that. You got that caveman cooking thing going. Kill, put on fire, eat. Exactly, Bill. We way, way, way overcomplicate the whole cooking thing in my world. Yes. I have, as an adult, in recent months and weeks and years, many times, built a fire outside, take some meat, put it over the fire, a little bit later I eat it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I do that. I'm not complicating things. Just build a fire and get out of the way. Okay, let's hit the uh, phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line. Ready, Teddy, on line one. Hey, Teddy, what's up? No, no, I haven't talked to you in a while because I've been real busy doing nothing. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, I'm, yeah, I just chimed in just in, or tuned in just just in time to hear uh, real seat and somebody y'all doing a, a cooking and sports show. Well. I will be launching uh, a cooking channel soon, but it's going to be kind of like a think of a newer version of Justin Wilson because, you know, all the stories I've shared with y'all, but I'm going to do some cooking and, and tell stories like that, and I'd be honored to have you and uh, Real C guests on the show one day. I would love it. I, you, you just you get the invitation and uh, ready, and I'll be there. I'd like to be a part of it. Well, well, I, well I'm fortunate and blessed. I haven't, I haven't filmed an episode yet, but I'm already – couple of sponsors worked out which is going to help me with help me with that but matt i want to i want to remind you of something else a few weeks ago i think you had some um you somebody remembering grandma's house or something like that yeah that's right okay and and that, are you somebody was talking about shell and peas at grandma's house right and you know what I think that day, shell and peas at my grandma's house may have contributed to me to have the dexterity that I eat crawfish the way I did. <laughs> it, it, it was great training for your uh, hands, hand, hand and eye coordination, shell and peas. I, I guess so. But but another thing is, um, you know, you're also talking about memorable sporting events locally, and one person said, this is a different story, but one of your callers said that they saw Monte Ellis play some uh, top-ranked team from Georgia. Well, I was at that game, and it was Monte Ellis against South Gwinnett, who had a player by the name of Lou Williams, who was a two-time NBA sixth man of the year at the Mississippi Coliseum. He was the NBA's uh, man of the year six different times? I didn't know. No, the sixth man of the year. Oh, six, NBA oh. sixth man of the year. I'm sorry. I got, I got my... I got my numbers backwards. Okay, so the sixth man of the year. How about that? Yeah, but he and Monte, he and Monte both went pro um, after the same year. Yeah. I mean, after high school or whatever. And Very lastly, cool. did you know that Mississippi State guard Jamont Gordon was Kevin Durant's teammate in high school? No, I didn't know that. At the powerhouse of Oak Hill. I had no idea they were on the same high school team. How about that? You talk about loaded. Well, you that's all can't. my useless information for today. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right. Hit me up anytime. I'm going to fix a casserole. A little casserole. How y'all are? Chef Teddy. Chef 
Teddy. Hey, real quick, uh, Res Dog texted the show. He says, how about a pretentious sports talk show that talks about all the things that most people can't afford while giving bad sports takes? Oh, wait, that's already on in the mornings from 7 to 9. <laughs> Come on, Res Dog, let off. You can't handle the truth. Ease up. Ease up, Res Dog. Ease up. Hey, time for the countdown of 90 teams in 90 days. Set your watch The only thing that would make that better is if it was the sonic boom, but that'll have to do for now. All right. Team number 73. We are 73 days away from the first Saturday in September. And team number 73 on the countdown is from the Big Ten, the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Here's a fight song. The name of their fight song is called Oski Wow Wow. And just for that reason... You ought to look up the lyrics. I don't know them, but it's called Oski Wow Wow. Did you realize that the head coach at Illinois is former Arkansas head coach Brett Bielema? Yeah, he sure is. He is the he is the head coach of Illinois. In fact, last year they won five games, missed out on a bowl game. Won five games, missed out on a bowl game. And that was primarily due to the start of their season. They finished pretty strong last year, including had an overtime upset over uh, Penn State, which was uh, pretty awesome. Beat Penn State in nine overtimes. Look it up. Not making it up. It's the most Brett Bielema thing that's ever happened. His Illinois team beat Penn State in nine overtimes last year. So that happened. But they started the season. They beat Nebraska the opening game. That was a good ball game at the beginning of last year. Illinois beat Nebraska to start the season go 1-0. Beat them 30-22. to But then uh, lost four in a row after that to Texas-San Antonio. It was a good team, by the way. At Virginia, lost to Maryland, lost at Purdue 13-9. So they started the season 1-4, but then they went 4-3 in the closing seven-game stretch. They beat Charlotte, lost to Wisconsin, beat Penn State, who was number 7-ranked team in the country at that time. They uh, lost to Rutgers, a terrible loss for them. Then they beat Minnesota at Minnesota, who was a 20th-ranked team. Lose to Iowa by 10 points at Iowa. Finish the season by beating Northwestern 47-14. to So, look, it's Big Ten, it's Illinois, I know you, but Brett Bielema, that season was so up and down for the Illini in the Big Ten. You don't see that much. I mean, again, one week they went to Penn State, the number seven team in the country, and beat them in overtime. The next week at home, lost to Rutgers 20-14. to responded by going on the road to 20th-ranked Minnesota the following week and beating them 14-6. to I mean, it was an incredible roller coaster ride. 
uh, for them. I don't know what their expectations are uh, this year at Illinois, but Brett Bielema, my impression of him, I know it didn't end well at Arkansas, but he's not a bad football coach at all. He seems like a pretty good fit, frankly, at Illinois. Um, Their non-conference is not hard. They are hosting Wyoming this year in non-conference, hosting Virginia, and hosting UT Chattanooga. The rest of it's all Big Ten stuff. Uh, and host well, let's see, a, t- a tough stretch. The last two games of the year, they go at Michigan and at Northwestern. But uh, that's a little bit of a look at team number seventy-three on the countdown of ninety teams in ninety days. The Illinois Fighting Illini. And um, last year was Brett Bielema's first year. Okay, so this will be year two. Like you say, they had a pretty decent finishing stretch. They were just very inconsistent. And, um, yeah, so, I, you know, can they make some noise? It's hard to imagine them doing it, but they showed you last year they're going to beat somebody. And that's kind of the mark of those Brett Bielema teams over the year. They'll mess around and beat somebody. They may not be the most consistent in the conference, but uh, they'll ruin somebody's season. He did that when he was at Arkansas. All right, fun show today. I appreciate everyone for tuning in and being a part of the show and commenting and everything. We'll do it again tomorrow. I'm Matt. For Bill, all of us here on the show in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. See ya tomorrow. See ya.